0: hello you beautiful gamers out there and welcome to in sequence with patrick spin and drew
1: the podcast where we talk about video games and their sequels remakes and spiritual successors
0: i'm spin i'm patrick and i'm drew and without further ado let's start talking about some video games and see how they truly match up So welcome to another episode of In Sequence with Patrick, Spin, and Drew, and today we're going to be talking about two of my personal favorite games, and one of my all-time favorite game series, the Uncharted series.
1: Uncharted!
0: Specifically, we're going to be talking about Uncharted 2 and 3, which are both regarded as Two of the best games in the franchise
1: they're all like a linear action adventure platformer that are around third-person cover-based shooting mechanics a lot of times they revolve around climbing around and puzzles uh critically they were pretty fantastic both like looking on multiple sites they got high nines and they got multiple game of the year awards
0: so yeah the games revolve around the main character nathan drake who is this fortune hunter who is always looking for hidden historical finds, and the games delve into history and also a little bit of the supernatural.
2: Yeah, it's the best way to think of it is a a video game version of Indiana Jones.
0: Yeah. Pretty much. Exactly. So Uncharted 2 Among Thieves was released on October 13th, 2009 by Naughty Dog. And all of the games in the franchise were by Naughty Dog, and they're all PlayStation exclusive. So Uncharted 2 was exclusive to the PlayStation 3.
2: In Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception was released on November 1st of 2011.
0: Also for the PS3. Yep. So without further ado, let's start talking about how these two games really match up. So, to start off, our first topic is, of course, going to be graphics. The entire Uncharted series has always been really acclaimed for its graphical style. It's always showcased some of the best things that the systems can do, starting off on the PlayStation 3, back with the first Uncharted, moving up towards the PlayStation 4 with the most recent game, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. But, like I said, we're talking about Uncharted 2 and 3, which had absolutely st- Stunning graphics for the time. And they still live up today, especially with the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection re-release on the PlayStation 4 that featured the first three titles.
2: Yeah, and uh back to just with Uncharted One, there was a clear difference between two and and one graphics wise. Like it it really stepped up just within those two years it being developed. And even with with three it got even more refined. Just with adding a hint more detail, Nate in Uncharted 3, he can actually, if you walk up to a wall, he can actually touch it. And it's just like all these different... Level. Those
0: little subtleties that add sort of realism to yeah. the world that you've been put in. One of everyone's favorites that everyone sort of went crazy over, and this started with Uncharted 1, but it just got better through the series, is that whenever you go into water and step out of water, you stay wet. Yeah. And everyone loved that.
2: Yeah, it's just those little details that uh, Naughty Dog really knew how to... uh,
0: How to get across. How to play with to make the games really stand out, graphic-wise, amongst the competition. One of the biggest improvements that they made throughout the series, especially between 2 and 3, is what they did with motion capture and facial capture. Because in all the games, they had their voice actors also do motion capture for the action scenes. And they started getting into facial capture for the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And they really progressed through being able to do a lot more with a lot less. The best example I can give is that, let's say in Uncharted 2, they have a jeep that they're in. So they would actually bring in this prop jeep that they would all, all the characters would be sitting in in their mocap suits. Mm-hmm. Then by Uncharted 3, they just had a couple chairs on a box, and that's all they needed. And it looked better than before when they had an actual prop jeep oh, wow, that, that they, yeah. could, no, that they awesome. could key. Just all in all, the, the games, they always look so beautiful because you're traversing all these different expansive environments, ranging from snow to desert to jungle, all these places, and they have these distinct looks. The way the sun shines down through the trees, for example. It all looks so beautiful. I love stepping into those games and just seeing the environments.
1: Well, I'd say that uh, for the time, the graphics were... Like, they weren't terrible. I mean, I liked them. They looked like people. Mm -hmm. Their faces were relatively people-faced.
0: One small thing that I can say they did massively improve on between Uncharted 2 and Uncharted 3 is Nate's stubble oh yeah, yeah yeah. in uncharted 2 it looked like a mess
2: yeah it was kind of like kind of like gray paint yeah it was, very it was just fake looking
0: painted on but then in uncharted 3 it actually <laughs> it looked like things. he was growing hair
2: <laughs> yeah they oh man like i said uh, uncharted 3 just puts so much detail just looking into like nate's eyes and seeing all the details the little hairs like all of that is just insane it's just getting better
0: as video games progress. Sort of talking about the, the look of the the games, just how cinematic they are. You could compare them to movies.
2: Definitely. Uh I mean they even have that uh, when you beat the when you beat the game you can go into chapters and just watch the clips as if they were cutscenes.
0: Yeah, and they're so they're beautiful just... To, to just look at and awe in the majesty of Naughty Dog's work.
2: Yeah, very mind blowing.
0: <laughs> so now let's move on to sound, music, and voice. So to start off with sound, the game just sounds crisp. The biggest, most noticeable sound effects that I can really think of are the the guns. Because the game at heart is a third person cover based shooter. You have a variety of guns at your disposal and I just love hearing not necessarily the gunfire, but the reloading sound. That was always really oh, yeah. really nice for me to hear. I yeah. really like that and I don't want to say that there's really all that much difference in terms of the sound quality between the two games. I mean, they've always just been on point.
2: With... No, the I mean, gun sounds don't really change. But uh, one thing that I did want to touch upon is uh, what they do really good with sound is at the times when Drake is platforming somewhere, where there's usually it's just him, and you hear just, like, the quiet sounds of, like, the rocks as he's moving past it and you can hear the rubble and the rocks rub together, the climbing. It's uh again, they attention to detail, just it actually looks like or it actually sounds like you can hear his hands grab onto that rock, pull himself up, and it's very quiet and creates like this ambiance to to the world.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And even when you're sort of in the stealth sections stalking around and you just hear the the enemies moving, yeah, around, and you—you you could close your eyes and tell where they are based on, oh, yeah. based on auditory responses, and that was that was fantastic. And they they really had that nailed down from the start. Mm-hmm. I want to say that between the two games, because they did have some different guns that you oh, could yeah, use. Yeah. They they did sound a little bit different, and I I believe that they tried to get the sounds of the different weapons as real as possible.
2: If you're shooting at a target from a distance, hearing the the bullet, and then hearing it echo, like, just yeah. from the gun, just how it roars. Like yeah. Just...
0: And honestly, my favorite sound effect in any of the games is always the water. Especially in Uncharted 3, when you're out in the ocean, the water just sounds perfect. It sounds amazing. It's one of those games where the sound mixed with the graphics, but even just the sound alone creates the environment for you and brings you into it. Now, the true auditory winner here is music.
2: Very much so. So uh again, I've already talked about how it kind of a reminder of uh that he's a video game Indiana Jones, so you gotta have that adventure like music and damn does it really deliver the uncharted theme when you first start up any one of your games, you just hear that theme and you're like, wow, I'm going on an adventure.
0: It's a soundtrack that I love listening to even when I'm not playing the games. And one of my favorite things throughout the titles is that while they do have that, I don't want to say generic, but it kind of is generic action adventure type of music, but they bring their own A-game to it. But for a lot of the, the score, what they do is they draw influence from the different places you're, you're going to. Because you, you go all, all around the world. You go to Borneo, Nepal, you go to the Himalayas, mm-hmm. you go to Syria. Anyways, I digress. You go to all these different locations, and the music just draws from those cultures. So one of my favorite moments in Uncharted 2 is when you're walking around the sort of hidden village up in the Himalayas, and you're oh, just yeah. talking to people, and that music brings you into their culture.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was the... What's the guy's name who, like, helps you out? Tenzin. Tenzin. Yeah, it really brings you uh, closer to his character, because he doesn't... You actually don't understand him, so it kind of, kind of helps... Yeah, just to be in his culture and with the with the music. Yeah,
0: let's just take a moment to listen to some of the amazing scores that are present in these games. So last but not least, when it comes to audio in the Uncharted games, voice. And oh, does it have some iconic voices.
1: Nolan North!
0: Yes, as Patrick has not so subtly pointed out, the game does feature the incredible voice talents of Nolan North, who voices the main character in the game, Nathan Drake.
2: He fully is this character. Nobody else could play him. He is just like... Only Harrison Ford can play Indiana Jones. He yeah. is that character without like, without the voice. And they pretty much modeled it after him, too.
0: So. Oh, yeah. They used his facial structure for the character. They actually did that with most of the characters in the game for their facial sculpting. You know, that's actually one of the reasons why I'm really not looking forward to them potentially making an Uncharted movie because I know they're not going to cast Nolan North and it's just not going to be the same. He mm-hmm. is Nathan Drake. Mm-hmm and that the voice that is his persona that is who he is the sass the snark the cockiness but also that suave i'm an adventurer and i'm awesome it's nolan north yeah then we also have the amazing voice talents of richard mcgonigal as nate's partner and mentor victor sully sullivan as well as emily rose as nate's on and off again love interest Elena fisher and the thing that's really amazing about these games is that throughout the series all of these actors have garnered this relationship just like the characters in the games themselves so well in the first game which i'll just mention slightly the voice acting was a little bit subpar just because these people didn't really know each other they didn't have there that, was no chemistry yeah there was no <laughs> chemistry but then once we got to the second game that's where it really took off Because these, these people knew each other They had worked together They liked each other And these characters now knew each other They worked so well together They played off each other's lines The witty dialogue is just so amazing Especially between Nate and Sully Oh yeah In the second game And then in the third game It just gets even better Because they've worked even more together And they've become friends Yeah, the bond real is yeah.
2: really strong there
0: It's so amazing seeing how the actors' relationships have progressed in terms of how they portray the characters. And like I said, Nate and Sully, beautiful, beautiful voice acting. They are so perfect. They're the dynamic duo. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, And I also have to say that for it being a movie-esque game, it had to have good voice acting to, to pull this off.
0: Oh, yeah. And, uh, the, and the writing behind the dialogue is, yeah. like I say, it's witty. It's straight out of an action adventure Indiana Jones type movie.
2: Yeah, very very funny, and knows knows when to be serious at times when they're down in their luck, and you can just hear it in their voices. It's, uh, just if just putting on headphones, not looking at the people on the screen, you can definitely like hear all those different changes, and that's really yeah really well.
0: And it's also really fun just to. Experience how the voice actors get to play with things. For example, Nate—he's climbing around and he's always falling off of things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why he's not dead. Yeah, he really should be. But <clears throat> it's fun to always hear his different screams as he's falling. Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, or just how he plays with that, like the whoa, 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 as he's yeah. falling or whatnot, and. They really pay a lot of attention to detail with their voices. I want to say that they take the actors, have them sit down as they're watching some of the sequences, and have them just do the grunts and stuff mm-hmm. as they're climbing or as they're running around and rolling and shooting and just the Ugh, yeah. And, and occasionally
2: the... you'll hear uh, Nate even talk to himself when he's like doing something, or you'll hear uh, like a little a little chuckle or a, a laugh of some sort.
0: Yeah, I almost want to say that they probably told nolan north just sit down for six hours and ad lib yeah do whatever you want and then fit the character oh yeah absolutely because as we said nathan drake is nolan north they're synonymous with each other yeah it just works it works so well all right so now on to one of the main features of any game the gameplay how do the games play So to start us off with gameplay, Patrick, care to give us a quick summary?
1: Yes, let's see. In the shortest words possible, shortest amount of words rather, running, jumping, puzzles, murder, climbing, stealth!
0: Yay! So that's a really apt description if I've ever heard one. (laughs) And, I mean, it it really is. I mean, this is a heart and action adventure game, and it combines a lot of these different gameplay mechanics together really strategically. It's a completely third-person game, Sort of its core mechanic is that it's a, a shooter, a third-person cover-based shooter. And it works really well, but it's not always that.
2: Yeah, you're not always going around shooting. Uh, it, yeah,
0: that would get too monotonous. So they intersplice it with jumping, climbing pu- puzzles. Doing the where, puzzles, yeah. Yeah, so you have traversal is the the big one. You're climbing around. You really have this sense of sort of adventure climbing reaching new new places you have to really work for where you're going and mm-hmm. what you're getting to and sometimes it's even a puzzle just figuring out where you climb to it's not always necessarily obvious then the other big thing is is the puzzles because it's it's one of those types of historical we need to figure out these ancient puzzles to get to the treasure or discover the next piece in the yeah,
2: treasure. yeah and, it, and it's not an adventure game without puzzles i mean yeah they, they're really that's their uh, that's their staple Those kind of things, I'd say.
0: I do want to say that I I honestly think the puzzles have gotten easier over the years. Oh, definitely. Because originally, like in Uncharted 2, for example, you would really have to rely on Nate's notebook in which he's gathered all the clues. Mm -hmm. And you would have to go back to old pages and stuff to find clues and answers to some of the more recent puzzles and try to figure things out. But in the more recent games, for example, in Uncharted 3, they made it a little bit easier on the players. They made it a lot more... Obvious as to how to discover the answers, not necessarily the answers themselves, but just how to go about getting to uh, them.
2: I believe they even had a, don't they have a hint button? Yeah. Yeah, they it, implemented a, a hint button. If you if you were basically, I don't know, running around for 20 minutes not knowing what to do, eventually you'd have this, have this thing that would pop up and then you'd click it and it's like, did you try looking at this over here? And it's like, oh, okay. So yeah, it kind of, it's more of a hand-holding experience in the third game versus the second
0: yeah absolutely but not that that's really bad i mean it was still fun and you still felt like if you didn't use the hand system you were still accomplishing something by figuring out the puzzles it made you feel smart and that's what really most puzzle mechanics and games are trying to do is they're trying to make you as a player feel like you figured that out you you have bested the game you are smarter than the Mm -hmm. game yeah so the puzzles weren't really hard enough, in my opinion, to warrant using the the hint mechanic. So I think it did a good job in that, like yeah. giving it to you if you really needed it and if you were really stuck, but ultimately guiding you in enough of a fashion to get you to from point A to point B. And,
2: and you know, who who knows? Maybe it was on purpose because the puzzles were the more calming sections versus the the shooting sections, which Actually, if you play the game on a really hard difficulty, it can be quite frustrating, so maybe it was a way to just break pace.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, all these basic mechanics, they did carry throughout the the series, but one thing that I will say Uncharted 3 got a whole lot more right than Uncharted 2 was it fixed some of those really minor details that bogged things down a little bit for instance in uncharted 2 if you wanted to pick up ammo you would have to press a button while standing over it or rolling over it Mm -hmm. which was a little weird because in most games you just automatically pick it up and they changed that in three so that you would automatically pick up the ammo and it it just increased the flow of how things went
2: yeah also were you able to throw back grenades in the second game or was that only in the third
0: i want to say that was only Only in the the third third. yeah Yeah. that was a
2: really great mechanic because uh, I don't know if, how you play, but how I would play is, you know, uh, shooting and, and grenades. And eventually you'd run out of grenades. But when bad guys throw them, throw them back and use it right back on them. So, yeah. um, so again, adds flow to the to the whole actiony trying to take out every bad guy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they also enhanced the enemy AI mm-hmm. so that they would try to flank you. Oh, yeah. So you couldn't stay in one position of cover for long periods of time like you could with uncharted 2 no so you had to be constantly actively movement. moving yeah. around and that was something that they got better at throughout the series so <laughs> it was better in two than it wasn't one but they just with these little gameplay mechanics they they kept improving them another one being melee they actually added more of a melee system oh, so you yeah could... it was
2: yeah and the second game uh it was just square and and his punching wasn't really all that great you can't really just go up to enemies and like do that you'll just get killed Whereas in the third game, you really, you actually could take a, take a dude down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it
2: was a lot more fun, and it looked great.
0: Yeah, and you could even—they gave you more opportunities to stealth around and try to do things without getting spotted. Mm-hmm. Usually, it didn't work out, but
2: it's always getting improved. Hell.
0: So. Yeah. Now, <coughs> one big thing that I really enjoyed in these games, not. Not nearly as much as the story, but I really like the multiplayer, too. Did you ever play the multiplayer? I
2: only ever played the third game's multiplayer, so okay. uh, if you want to talk about the second one. And
0: yeah, just a little... so multiplayer was originally introduced in Uncharted 2, sort of to add just another dimension to the game after the, the story. Because while the story is so fun and you can keep coming back to it, it's also only, what, I... six to ten hours?
2: Yeah, ten hours if you really want to take your time. On, so. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it, it was just it was there to add more, more substance to the to the title, make it more worth the sixty dollars that you would be paying for it at the time, and it was really fun. Essentially, for the matches, you get to pick your character out of tons of different character characters from the series for your hero or your villain, and it was heroes versus villains. And everyone would start off with the same weapons. You would have an AK-47 and a pistol. The match that I always played was Team Deathmatch. That's always been my favorite. Yeah, it's simple. Yeah, very simple. And they would have different power weapons scattered throughout the map. So you could find a grenade launcher, or you could find the RPG, or you could find the sniper. And it was really nice and balanced. It was two teams fighting each other. Whoever was the, the better, smarter, faster team... Who worked in sync with each other more would come out victorious and it was really fun and i really enjoyed it then uncharted 3 came along and i actually i played the beta for uncharted oh, 3's I, multiplayer yeah. and it was so much fun and it added so much more variety to everything so the first thing that i noticed was loadouts it added loadouts you could start with different weapons that you could unlock through ranking up so it actually added a reason to rank up Mm -hmm. let's say you wanted to run a sniper build you could actually start with a sniper now you could still find those other weapons and those other power weapons and have like a more powerful sniper for example but you could still start with different types of weapons and it added that variety of how you go about taking on the other team and it added a ton more game modes. It added the the lab, which was really interesting. So mm-hmm. sort of these these experimental game modes. You could customize your own character as well as choose from other characters in the game. And it also added it added various modifiers that would change up how how you play, what items you get what happens when you die, stuff like that. And it added power plays. It added up map transitions for a few of them. It just added so much more variety. Well, what were your thoughts on that? Uh,
2: I just got to say one thing that I found kind of weird with the multiplayer is that they added a run button. If you transition from just playing story to the actual multiplayer, uh, Nathan Drake auto runs, so there's not really a problem. But it it just kind of felt, it kind of feels a little wonky because as soon as you click the run button, they're like, of like a tank. They're just driving forward and they don't stop. So that's kind of a that was kind of a problem with me. It's not like most multiplayer games in the sense that when you're fighting somebody, it takes a while to like your your battles between one on one just shooting somebody is not as quick as say Call of Duty.
0: Um, Yeah, no. And that's one thing that I actually liked about it is, for me, this is just a quick side note, when it comes to multiplayer games, I really enjoy games where you have a longer time to kill, Mm -hmm. like Uncharted and Destiny. Mm -hmm. I I don't really like those Call of Duty type shooters where bang, bang, you're dead. Because it just, it's so fast that you get killed, right out the door, you get killed, and you're like, what killed me? But with these, you actually have time to react to what's going on and maybe come out alive even if you had the lower hand to begin with so that's something that i i personally really enjoy now the one thing about the multiplayer in uncharted 3 is while it did add so much variety as to how you could go about things that also added sort of an imbalance to it because with uncharted 2 multiplayer like i said everyone starts out with the same stuff in each match and it's if you know where that sniper spawns and you can get to it first, then you'll have the advantage. So it's just about skill.
2: Okay. Whereas mm-hmm. Uncharted
0: 3 took that more in the way of, oh, do you want to be able to start with a sniper? You better just play for a while until you rank up. And then if this person who's been playing for two more months than you have, they're going to have way better stuff. And they're going to have that advantage over you. Mm. Or, you know, if you pre ordered because... I, for example, pre-ordered it, and I had instant access to the uh, the Spider oh. modifier, which oh. basically there were these, these things. By doing certain things in the multiplayer, such as getting melee kills or getting headshots or whatever, would give you medals. And then you had these different bonuses that you could activate once you had so many medals. So for the different bonuses, it was a different medal count. So for example, the spider one, which was usually to unlock it was way further down, but I had instant access to it because I pre-ordered it. It needed something like 14 medals, which was a lot. But then, once you activate it, you turn into a swarm of spiders that kills anyone in practically three seconds just by standing under them. It was so cool just to play as the swarm of spiders, and the only thing that could really kill you was <laughs> grenades or falling into a pit of death. And then once once you die as the spiders, it doesn't actually count as a death for you because they do also have a time limit. So you just go back to your own body. So there's really that that sort of imbalance for yeah, people with, who, with the
2: whole ranking systems that tends to to. Happen.
0: Yeah. But it was still a lot of fun, and I still really enjoyed it, especially some of those map transitions. And it was only on a couple of them, which was sort of disappointing, because I really really enjoyed it. Basically, there were a few different maps that had the start of it be on some sort of moving object, whether it be uh, a train in the London Underground, or on pickup trucks that were speeding along a runway along with a giant cargo plane, and you had people starting on the pickup trucks versus people starting on the plane and you were trying to be the team to be on the plane as it took off. It was so much fun in both of those. They would it would be the opening couple minutes of the match and then it would transition to new areas that would be the the main the main map that you would do most of the the match on. And it was just it was so fun. Those were the best. Anyways, those are just sort of my thoughts on the multiplayer and I think we've talked a lot about the gameplay, and I think we can agree that through everything from graphics towards gameplay, things have generally just improved as the series go on. Yeah, has gone on. Definitely. Now we're going to have a quick ad from our sponsor, and then we'll be back to talk about story.
1: Hi, my name's Doo Lin. I was a crack cocaine addict for seven years. Today marks my eighth. Do you want to have all that energy without the crash? Dry crack cocaine! Do you want to make tons of money with only half the work? SELL CRACK COCAINE! Do you want to get in with all the cool kids in your town? DO CRACK COCAINE! It's simple. All you gotta do is go to your local drug dealer, buy some crack cocaine, and... DO IT! it. And remember, kiddos, drugs are cool. Leave school! Hey, what are you doing here? I, I gotta get out of here! See ya! Here. Get out of here!
0: Wait. Oh. Ow, God. Ow.
1: G- get out! STORY!
0: now it's time to talk about potentially the most controversial topic here (laughs) which is the story because like i said previously i think we could pretty much agree that in most technical aspects the games have progressed and gotten better through the iterations especially from two to three but where i think the games reached their pinnacle was with two whereas drew
2: i i would say that it's, it's all with three, in, in my opinion, I think. Everything got better, including the story.
0: So, let's, let's start by talking about what the stories are, and maybe let you judge for your, yourselves at home, and allow us to make some comments as well. To start off with Uncharted 2 Among Thieves, we start out actually towards the end of the game, with Nate in a train car that's dangling off the side of a cliff, and he has been shot. And we sort of cu- keep cutting back to this whole sequence, as we progress through the beginning of the game as well. It keeps doing these flash forwards and flashbacks.
1: I just sort of imagine that whole thing where at the beginning he's dangling from the train. And then you just hear like a ting as it freeze frames. So I bet you're wondering
0: how I got here. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been really funny if they did that. But
2: it, it kind of added to the whole the whole mystery. Like you're just thrown into this this uh, situation that you don't even know how uh, how it even happened. So uh, it's, it's a really good uh, intriguing start.
0: So... Then we go back to the start of this story which Nate is he's chilling on a beach and he gets approached by who appears to be one of his old associates Harry Flynn who is approaching him with a job offer. Essentially Harry's employer wants him to steal this oil lamp from a Turkish museum and he's not exactly sure why that's why he's bringing Nate in and he's also working with this woman named Chloe Fraser, who Harry does not know previously has known Nate is actually one of his ex-love interests from before the franchise even started. And so they go on to break into this Turkish prison, prison and steal the oil lamp because what they discovered was this oil lamp was actually containing a secret clue towards the lost fleet of Marco Polo and whatever it was that they were trying to discover, which we find out later is the Chintamani stone, which is a piece of resin from the tree of life located in Shangri-La. Now, after they steal this oil lamp, Harry double crosses Nate, and Nate gets thrown into a Turkish, Turkish prison. He's bailed out by his friend Sully, and they team up with Chloe to track down Harry and get the Chintamani stone first.
2: And Chloe is also a double agent, in a yeah. way. So.
0: I mean, she's sort of playing both sides, but she's mostly on your side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And also during the game, you run <laughs> into your flame from the first game, Elena Fisher. And she is filming a travel documentary yes, type Yes, a travel thing. documentary. Yeah.
2: With Jeff, the cameraman. <laughs> oh, Jeff. Uh, such a hilarious character, I might add. Oh, yeah.
0: So, they travel through... A bunch of locations following following this path of clues basically following the exploits of Marco Polo and they they travel to the jungles of Borneo to Nepal and the Himalayas and a bunch of other locations all ending up in Shangri-La or Shambhala yeah. as it's also called and we also find out during this this whole story that Harry Flynn is working for Russian warlord Zoran (laughs) Lazarevich. Yeah, and it's really cool once we get into sort of the supernatural aspects towards the end of the game, because when you find Shambhala, it's actually being guarded by these giant yeti monsters, essentially, with crossbows. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And throughout most of the game, you're fighting just regular soldiers, but now you have these supernatural beings that are protecting everything, and once you get through them, then you get to the Chintamani Stone, this this piece of resin, hardened resin, and Zoran Lazarevich he gets there first, and he uses it and becomes like this super powerful guy, and so you have to you have to kill him, and you you do manage to defeat him.
2: Yeah, the boss battle is pretty fun. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> now moving on to Uncharted 3 before we start talking about the comparisons.
2: So, uh, Uncharted 3 starts with uh, Nate and Sully, and they're in a bar, if I'm correct. Yes,
0: yeah, they're walking to a bar and they're wearing suits, very classy.
2: Yeah, they are very classy when uh, all of a sudden a brawl, because I just remember a brawl breaks out. I'm not too sure.
0: Yeah, well, essentially what happens is Talbot, which is this British dude, is trying to buy Nate's ring, Um, which, which was the ring of Sir Francis Drake. Yeah. But he's not really looking to sell, so then it turns into an all-out fight.
2: Yeah, okay, so then then a fight happens, which is uh, it's fine. I mean, it's uh, classic action-y type stuff. And then it leads to them running to the alleyway, and they get shot yeah and so you're led to believe much with uncharted 2 kind of uh what the hell moment like what the hell is going on so they get shot and then the game then flashes back to a 14 year old nathan drake kind of showing how uh he came across the ring because the ring was kind of uh, was a symbol in the first game and you know we didn't really uh question it because it was like oh yeah this is sir francis drakes and it was like okay so then this game kind of gives more of an explanation to that as well as uh as the bond of him and of him and Sully cuz obviously when they first met it didn't go so smoothly. He just thought he was like a dirty street kid.
0: Yeah, but he ended up seeing Nate's prowess and ability to steal stuff cuz he stole the ring from the museum and then Sully decides to help him out. But it was it was in this sequence that we see that Sully used to be an associate of Catherine Marlowe.
2: Who is our main antagonist?
0: Yeah, because when we go back to the alley, it's Marlowe who comes and snatches the ring from Nate's, Nate's neck. neck. Of course, the sort of twist here was that the guy who shot them, Cutter, he was actually friends he's friends with Nate, so it was sort it of was a all
2: staged. Yeah.
0: And the ring that was on his neck was a fake. Yep. So yeah, so the the reason that Marla wanted the ring was because it's actually the key to one of Sir Francis Drake's puzzles in terms of finding the secret lost city of Ubar, which is also known as the Aram of the Pillars or the Atlantis of the Sands, which was this city referenced by T.E. Lawrence, which was this sort of lost city of immeasurable wealth in the Khali desert. So of course, like we said, the the ring around his neck that Marlowe stole was a fake, so, so Nate and Sully were able to. Yeah,
2: and again, it's one of those things where it it it, it kind of plays off the second game, where it's a race to see who can get there first pretty much yeah Um,
0: yeah so this game has some really interesting settings and plot points as well after london they end up heading towards the french countryside to this chateau that ends up burning down while you're there and then nate winds up on a sinking cruise ship in the middle of the ocean before being captured by a pirate named ramses who is actually working with Marlowe. he manages to escape that though because Nathan Drake is disease. a modern-day yeah. Harry Houdini you can escape out of anything, yeah. honestly. Uh, he makes it back and then manages to find himself on a cargo plane that's is- headed towards, towards the desert. Uh, and then probably the most interesting sequence in the game is when... You are launched out of the cargo plane.
2: Well, yeah, it had to have been an interesting uh, spectacle because it was the front cover of the yeah. of the video game. It's just him hanging off of one of those crates, yeah. while falling out of the air. Uh, and you also
0: have to shoot enemies because while they're also falling to their deaths, their they're main priority, still out to get them. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, yeah,
2: that's
0: we're 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 gonna die and he's gonna die too. In those are true henchmen. A minute, but true we gotta shoot this either. guy and not try to preserve ourselves.
1: Or maybe they knew that he was going to survive. Spoiler alert! <laughs> and so they like, yeah, no, we gotta make sure he's dead before he uh, gets the ground.
0: Yeah. But yeah, you you do survive the fall by clutching onto those cargo crates, and you're left to just wander the desert before you eventually manage to find the lost city. When you when you get there, well, you meet up with with Sully. You get to the to lost city, and you drink from the water that's there. Yeah. Which spoiler alert, spoiler alert is actually tainted or magically tainted, and you start hallucinating, but you don't know that you're hallucinating. So you start to fight these these soldiers that are now supernaturally enhanced. They're called the the Jin.
2: They're the flame looking. Yeah. Right? yeah,
0: yeah. They they're on fire. They have they're incredibly powerful and can teleport. And you also think that Sully gets shot. Which is, which is kind of crazy, but you find out that you were hallucinating the whole time, then you end up destroying the city. It starts crumbling down, and Marlo is still trying to hold on to this treasure, and so you try to save her, but she's like, yep, no, nope, not deep. gonna do that. Yep. So she dies, and you manage to get out, which... Concludes the third game of you finding another lost city full of numerous amounts of wealth that are completely lost forever. Once again. And you come out with nothing, except now you actually have rekindled your relationship with Elena, who between two and three, you actually got married to her, but because of all your adventuring, you sort of... It split you apart. Yeah, it split you apart. So now you're back together, and Drake. I'd say more
2: like, because of Sully, though. He yeah. It's really the, like, Nate, get your head out of your ass, like... You don't know what you're missing out on, type of.
0: So yeah, it sort of ends with you and Elena just sort of walking off into the the sunset, which made for a really great conclusion until the, the most recent game. Yeah. But now that we've sort of given a rundown of the stories, I think we should talk about what we each find better about our personal favorites.
2: So what I wanted to say with Uncharted 2 is I, I get that a lot of people love it, and I see definitely where that comes from. But a lot of my things with it are more character-based. Lazarevich is too cliche for me. I understand he's, uh, that. Yeah. He's just the big brute guy. He's got nothing going on with him other than he's powerful, I guess. Uh, whereas I think with what I love about the third game so much is that with Talbot and Marlowe is there's more of a psychological element, and I've always liked that in villains. Especially since Marlowe has a more uh, personal connection to to Drake and Sully, versus Lazarevich didn't really have any connection with Drake other than uh, Drake's just kind of in the way. So, yeah. So. Um,
0: I definitely, I definitely understand that.
2: But Lazarevich did have a better boss fight.
0: Yeah, Marlo Tal- didn't really have a boss fight.
2: No, and I think he just like punched Talbot a couple times.
0: Yeah. Now, I I totally get I get those points. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that, and I would say that Uncharted 3 is definitely filled with a lot of intense moments and a lot of heartfelt moments that make it, make it great, and I'm not putting it down at all. I think it's a fantastic game worthy of massive amounts of praise. The reason, however, that I like Uncharted 2 better is there's two real reasons. The, the first reason, which is sort of the lesser reason, I'll start off with that, is just how, how cinematic it is. Mm-hmm. I think, well, Uncharted 3 is incredibly cinematic, don't get me wrong, especially the, the sinking cruise ship and you're escaping that while going through, swimming through water, and also, like like we were talking about, falling out of the plane and everything. Yeah. Those are incredible. I just think Uncharted 2 was filled with, it, it, it was sort of the pinnacle of those, especially my favorite one was when you are... Running towards the camera, being chased by that giant truck. truck. I mean, it was so good that they ended up reusing it for Uncharted 4. Yeah. I mean, you you just can't argue with that. Also, the... the sequence on the on the train where you're uh up against the helicopter
2: oh yeah that was a pain
0: it, it was uh. kind of annoying to trudge through but it was also just intensely cinematic and i i loved it you no know, but the the real reason though that i i love uncharted 2 so much more is well yes in terms of the villains there was definitely more character there in terms of our our protagonists, because that's where that's what the games are really about it's mm-hmm. about the, the the journey of nate and sully and Elena. Whereas the villains are sort of there just to give cause. Like, oh, we need to get there first so they don't become immensely powerful and able to take over the world kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But we really see more of a character journey in 2, I would say. I mean, I know that 3 sort of has that culmination of I'm going to get back together with Elena and I'm going to stop this adventuring lifestyle that's so dangerous and it's going to be awesome. But with 2, we, we really explore so much with with Drake himself, especially with his past relationship with Chloe and then rekindling his romance with Elena Mm -hmm. actually in the game, as well as we see so much of his relationship with Sully, which I know we do explore in 3 with sort of that backstory. Yeah, and
2: and I I feel the exact opposite. I feel like there's more of that. That you could probably just play 3 all on its own and kind of get the gist of almost everything.
0: Yeah. That's, that's definitely a valid point. I just, I just found, honestly, mm. for myself, there was so much more character development in two, especially when you compare it to, to one, and just see how much more Nate and Sully developed as a, as a duo, and see how their relationship expanded. And also, you just get so much more of this idea as to who Drake is as a person. Mm-hmm. Because especially the sequence when you're walking through the village in, in Nepal you're just talking to people. Mm-hmm. And he was ad-libbing that whole thing, but it is so much, you see so much of Nate's character and sort of who he is throughout this entire game. And also just, I want to say you see the most of his passion for for doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that's just my take, but you have great points too. And I, I think I think both of the games really offer up a lot to be desired and, and enough to make them both worthy of being the greatest game in the franchise definitely now that we've finished talking about story a little bit let's move on to replayability
2: so replayability
0: these games are massively replayable
2: see in the sense of like both games i say they're pretty much equal oh yeah definitely. equally replayable it it doesn't really matter. It's uh, With the Uncharted games, since they're a lot like movies, it's one of those things. It's like, let's watch my favorite movie again. It's like, let's play this game again.
0: And I mean, the, the thing that's so great about that is they're, they're the perfect length for that too because they're not 50-hour titles that is really like, I want to play this, but I don't want to put in the time to do that. Yeah,
2: and they're not extremely short either.
0: They're the they're they're, the perfect amount of length to give you all this story all this cinematic beauty and put it all into a eight hour average game and it's amazing and then like we were talking about with the multiplayer they both offer a lot to just come back to if you're if you're feeling like getting some of that gameplay in without going into the full story Hey, we're already on Uncharted 4 with its multiplayer, and I still love going back to both Uncharted 2's and Uncharted 3's multiplayer. Mm-hmm. They're just so fun. And people still play them. So, yeah, all in all, these games are absolutely amazingly replayable.
2: It, it just depends on, uh, I, I would say, which setting you, you like best, and I think that's kind of where it just leans towards for me with, with 3. Yeah. Characters and setting are just more appealing.
0: Yeah, overall... Both of these games are absolutely fantastic, as are all the games in the franchise, really. The only thing I can say about those, as a quick note, is Uncharted 1, awesome story, a little bit lacking in the in the gameplay, they were really figuring out their roots there, but Uncharted 4 is awesome, and if you're looking for an amazing experience, an amazing story, fun gameplay, and just a fun adventure to have, check out these games, play them all. You will not regret it. Thank you for joining us. This has been In Sequence with Patrick, Spin, and Drew. This has been an uncharted experience.
1: Uh, (laughs) See you next time.
0: This has been another episode of In Sequence with Patrick, Spin, and Drew. I've been Spin.
1: I've been Patrick, I think. And I've been Drew.
0: And for all you gamers out there, stay classy. Stay beautiful. And keep listening, please. Have a good one.